everyone, as, as Jim has introduced me, my name is Rumbi Bandia. My, I'm very new to research, so I'm not as experienced as, as Jane. Um, very fresh on the board. <laughs> um, but um, I'm currently a PhD student at Bradford University. I started my PhD in February um, this year, so I'm very early on in terms of um, re the research and the study. Um, I've literally just completed my the first chapter of my PhD, which was a, a systematic review. Um, and uh, my PhD is based, as you can see here, what are the, what are the uh, key drivers and influences of pursuing careers, career choices within the nursing and pharmacy fields. So. The title itself and uh, has has kind of evolved and changed um, since commencing my PhD based on my uh, literature review uh, and the information that kind of manifested after after I conducted it um, and also based on my first um, progression review, which is the doctoral thesis panel meeting. So from recommendations from, from, from that meeting, I have since kind of looked into my topic and, and uh, tweaked it a little bit. Um, so the reason why I've kind of um, chosen to pursue this type of research is um, quite um, personal to myself, um, having worked in clinical practice and kind of still dipping in and out of clinical practice, I have been kind of at the forefront of working in very um, chaotic um, working environments with, you know, um, minimum um, staffing um, and the impact it has on, um, on patient care, the impact it has on the well-being of, of, of staff has been kind of my passion and influences in terms of pursuing the research um, and you know it's I kind of started to want to ask uh, or pose a lot of questions in terms of how we can um, look into the issues around staffing and trying to address them so the purpose of, of the research itself is to try to address recruitment and retention um, and to look into um, marketing and career advising strategies. Um, initially, um, before I um, sort of during my the process where I was undertaking my literature review, I there was quite a lot of um, work done on retention and recruitment, and based on staffing shortages, a lot of um, strategies being implemented by the NHS in terms of. Um, international recruitment, in terms of looking into how we can retain staff. Um, so I felt that um, the, the, I changed the goalposts of the research and I'll just continue on as I go on to um, so as I said it's to kind of strengthen strategies within 
uh, which may enhance effective ways of career guidance, marketing strategies, as well as address recruitment and retention within um, the programs at the university as opposed to um, the actual NHS um, based on the fact that there was quite a lot of extensive literature already done by, with it by the, um, for the NHS in terms of strategies to re, um, recruit and retain staff. Um, so I thought of probably tackling um, these issues earlier on uh, or within the, the university programs um, to try and, um, you know, um, tackle, it, tackle it early on. So my research is um, by a mixed methods approach, which I will kind of talk about as I um, go along in the presentation. So the rationale for the research in terms of the literature that's available, um, you know, there's a lot of research that in indicates that health profession professions are generally motivated by a combination of intrinsic and extrinsic, extrinsic factors. So some people have, um, you know, a passion or calling to pursue healthcare, who believe that they have a passion or calling to uh, pursue, it's within their morals and principles to pursue healthcare uh, programs. Um, and extrinsic factors would be around, you know, trying to have a, a job that kind of uh, addresses a, a good work-life balance or, you know, um, jobs that would offer certain in incentives or uh, a stable um, career or a stable salary. So those, those were kind of some of the rationales for, for my research. And um, quite a few there um, in terms of um, the work that I found. There was... Uh, stuff around understanding why participants choose a career in health may be um, critical in determining whether the factors have uh, remained constant or have evolved over time and it will uh, have a significant impact on developing more effective strategies for addressing current healthcare uh, workforce shortages via the recruitment and retention pipeline as I discussed. Um, there was stuff there about um, how institutions could provide additional platforms for students um, to learn about healthcare careers, such as career fairs, um, in increasing financial compensation, and uh, providing um, decision-making avenues, all aimed at um, tackling recruit recruitment and reten uh, retention of, uh, of students on, on to then pursuing um, their health, their careers. Uh, most recently, um, again, po um, you know, prior to Charles and um, Elbank there did a, a study that outlined that prior to COVID-19, the greatest challenge faced by healthcare, by the healthcare industry was the workforce crisis. Um, as I said, um, clinically I have been at the forefront of working within um, staffing shortages and the impact it has uh, on staff is, you know, the staff feel quite burnt out. Um, 
you know, they start to feel, um, start to want to leave their jobs and, um, you know, that kind of has a knock-on effect in terms of the, the patient uh, care that we provide. Um, presently, the effects on recruitment and retention of healthcare personnel post the pandemic are showing significantly increased risk of severe staffing shortages. So to kind of address the short and long-term labor shortages, concrete steps must be undertaken. Um, and I've chosen to kind of pursue this um, um, very early on in terms of how we recruit um, students within the nursing and pharmacy in sp uh, specific uh, programs based on the fact that um, I myself am a nurse, I'm a mental health nurse, and it's, um, I think there's evidence out there that shows that um, mental health nursing is very undersubscribed. It is um, also, the, you know, um, not very appealing as opposed to other um, nursing fields. So we do need to look into how we can kind of take students on board, um, what, what kind of motivates students to come onto these programs to then be, um, you know, effective practitioners who will which then kind of has a knock-on effect on um, the retention um, in, in their later careers. Um, and for the nursing, for the pharmacy component, my supervisors, uh, Professor Simon Twedwell, based at Bradford, um, <coughs> and um, Dr. Gemma Queen, um, are all, some, uh, Dr. Samantha McLean, they're all kind of pharmacists by back background, so they wanted to kind of, um, you know, try to look into effective recruitment um, strategies within the pharmacy programs, so it's like a joint venture in terms of nursing and pharmacy. Um, so the recommendations for research are exactly just what I've just been touching upon. Um, which is around, you know, the fact that there is like a global healthcare professional shortages that necessitate effective recruitment and retention strategies. Um, there's also an aspect of recruiting and um, retaining healthcare professionals um, in terms of the, the, it is quite a significant challenge to, to do so and um, as I said, there's a lot of research, um, extensive research in terms of how um, that's being done currently. Okay, that's been done currently. However, um, I noticed that during my literature search, there was nothing sort of being, I wouldn't say nothing, but very limited information in terms of the recruiting students onto, onto the programs. Um, onto the nursing and pharmacy programs. Um, some identified contemporary issues there were to do with, um, at, as I said, attrition in healthcare pro programs is becoming an increasing concern on a global scale. Um, and to reduce attrition amongst healthcare students, um, strategies must 
um, consider the entire student life cycle from recruitment to graduation in order to establish reasonable student expectations and to, to ensure that a career in healthcare is both desired and valued. Um, and the, um, my, my study would kind of look into um, trying to interview students at the start of the program and uh, towards the end of the program and follow them through till the end of the program just to um, try to understand you know what 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 their motivators and their drivers are and whether they've changed and also um, trying to see whether we have kind of the, the, there hasn't been any kind of attrition um, during that during their pro, uh, that kind of um, phase um, so in terms of the methodology as, as I said um, it's a mixed method approach which um, where I'll start off with um, probably um, pursuing quantitative research in the form of surveys which will be sent out electronically to students from um, a range of universities that I might um, that I'm affiliated with hopefully Sheffield Allen um, Bradford University where my supervisors are um, it's a comparison with the USA so I have um, been connected to Drake University um, and also um, De Montfort University where I'm going to work so I'll start off by um, yeah trying to quantify the data and then conduct and then it will be followed by a qualitative kind of research in the form of a phenomenological um, approach um, where I would um, undertake interviews, um, direct interviews from participants. So as it says there, the benefits of a mixed method approach is around capturing quantitative data may be quite beneficial in determining the study's objective. Um, so apart from quantitative research, uh, as I said, I will be using a qualitative phenomenological approach which would enable the documentation and description of this kind of um, scant available data. Um, so as, as of now, I've literally undertaken the first chapter uh, of, 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 the, um, of my study, which is a, a systematic review. From that, I've been um, slightly um, changed the goalposts and I'm just still trying to work on, um, you know, lit more literature scoping, a more kind of in intensive literature um, review with my new kind of um, approach in terms of um, st um, targeting students as opposed to um, clinical practice. And um, that's, that's where I am at the moment. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Change the 
yeah, understand more about um, kind of what, what you read and how that influenced your question yeah. and, and, and time. Yeah. Um, I think in it probably lies on the authenticity of my study. It, it, was, it felt like I'm just doing repeated work uh, and there's quite a lot at the moment on recruitment and retention and um, recommendations of how to tackle that. There's international, there's international mass recruitment program going on at the moment. Um, there's different um, you know, retention strategies of that, are, that, that are being implemented in policies within the, the, the NHS itself. So I just felt like um, you know, it would not be authentic. Quite a few questions. <laughs> but thank you for the presentation. Thank you. you, you uh, uh, from what I can deduce, you mentioned about uh, going to focus on student nurses and then pharmacy uh, students. Yeah. But then these people have not uh, been directly in the care industry where they have lived experience who will give us more information about burnout and other things. Yeah. So how are you going to get that up enough in-depth information on that? The other aspect is that uh, the topic is, is it global or is it focused on a particular care setting? Yeah. You mentioned mental health, but the, the coverage for the research, maybe if you want to look at that one. And then uh, you mentioned about recommendation for the research. Yeah. I don't know why the recommendation at this stage for the research after mentioning about rationale. And that's my only concern. Okay. Maybe you can later on look into that. Yeah. And then you, you also well, talk about... That's a lot of I think in terms of the first question, which was in relation to burnout, it was more towards the um, kind of my experience, my experiences of working at the forefront uh, of clinical settings and working in st um, settings where you know there's a lot of staffing sh shortages, um, and it was more around the whole to give a picture of the um, issues within the st uh, of staffing shortages and the fact that the recruitment and retention needs to be tackled. However, in terms of tackling it, um, I thought to look at it within the um, um, students pursuing healthcare degrees. And if we have the right skill set, um, the right students who, who may, um, you know, um, who have the kind of the right qualities, um, to pursue these healthcare um, degrees, as well as if you know, um, you know, we might be able to. We are kind of indirectly addressing recruitment and retention in the long term. Um, and the other questions, sorry. Yeah, I, I talk about the the focus. Sorry, I talk about the focus, and then I mentioned about the uh, recommendation for the research. Yeah. Uh, that you talk about. I don't know how ethical clearance will be when dealing with 
nursing students as well as uh, pharmacy students because they all have their values or their approach to work. And so I don't know how that's going to be handled. And then how are you going to deal with reflexivity in terms of your phenomenology that you're going to uh, apply in your methodology? In terms of the recommendations for research, um, they were more around to inform the, my present research and not towards like my own kind of recommendations. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was on the same line actually. That um, as the, um, the what's the synergy between pharmacy mm. and nursing then? And you know, because it's quite a you know, I can see the I can see because it's like two studies, but in that yeah. sense. But where's the meeting point of the two? Uh, mm. I know from you know having had patients who are pharmacists recently, who how incredibly stressful their work environment is, and mm. how much pressure, and not and because of the private, you know, most of the work in the private sector, don't they? And those yeah. demands. But I'm thinking, what's the what's the shared stuff mm. that you're going to that you you think you're going to get between nurses and pharmacy? Yeah, I think initially um, I was looking into the entire healthcare workforce, which I wow. was okay. <laughs> 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 I was probably advised against by my doctoral uh, thesis panel, um, and they suggested probably condensing it into uh, one field or two, and and the, the, the ones that we kind of chose were my own background and my supervisor's <coughs> background, but in terms of the, the synergy, um, I would have to undertake more kind of literature scoping to see whether there's any kind of connections. And what you, how are you going to collect your data? What data do you think you're going to collect? Are you going to be doing interviews? Is, is, it, yeah. is it like, is a qualitative side an ethnographic side, or is it a participant observation, or...? Um, so it should be uh, start off with surveys um, and then interview. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, hands. Yeah. I can't see <laughs> hands up. I think I can see hands. I'm just following up probably on the same thing really around the synergy between pharmacy and nursing. Yeah. I, I'm actually quite confident that if you go on this method topic where you've got some quantitative data that looks at those two groups of people yeah. and then you look at some you know, what their experiences are that's where the synergy will happen, or commencing analysis, I would imagine, yeah. that's part of what you're going to be doing, whereby yeah. it's understood. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, it's early days, isn't it? But I'm thinking, I, I, although it, it feels like it's a little bit of a random selection in one way, it's yeah. a convenient profession for your team to yeah. represent, but they, they may represent the wider health workforce yeah. in, in, in different ways, so I guess yeah. that's what you're trying to do, isn't it? Yeah. I totally agree with the, um, you will find out that later, I'm sure. Um, the questions I have is that... One at a time, basically. Yeah, the, the <laughs> one, one that mental health nursing students, we are not short of them. Yes. We have got loads of them coming through. Most yeah. of our LD nursing will be shorter because mm. we don't have as many... Uh, people want to be LD nurses, adult nurses, we've got tons of them. Yeah. So so how to tease them out, that's quite interesting. We 
between the branches. Yes. I think you might need to consider that. Yeah. And another thing is that you saying that quantitative research you're going to do a survey. Mm -hmm. I totally understand that. What kind of question you're going to ask? Yeah. Because you've done your progressions now, the next bit is your Questions. questions. So yeah. what are the questions you're going to pose to year one student about mm. your topic? Yeah. How are you going to formulate them? Yeah. Can you sort of suggest some questions to us? Um I haven't actually looked into um how I would what kind of questions I'd like to pose or how I'd structure them, but there was a suggestion from my panel uh, to probably involve stakeholders in terms of trying to formulate the, the, the ideal questions. So I, I, I don't have any from the top of my head. But okay. yeah. so, <coughs> so that's why sometimes is that, I think what going back to Jim's question is that sometimes you might have some focus group to formulate your questions yeah. and then throw out the survey to mm. test your questions yeah. and then come back and and then say, oh, are those questions are people come, come back? Uh, because what happens is I see so many people do survey, can't they? They just throw questions out and then don't get your aims and objective. Mm. So in some way, I think what Jean's question is quite sensible, which yeah. way you go first, sometimes might be what you said already, and allude to have a student panel and have a stakeholder yeah. and then have an interview for network and then got those questions into the bag yeah. and then use that to formulate your, your, your sample because your sample will be 100 or 200. You don't want yeah. to throw 200 questions air out and end up with nonsensical answers. Yeah. 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 I wrote push where it moves when you were talking about your, that you, you, know, you looked at other shoes and kept it on that <laughs> access and uh, <laughs> I'm for sure it was like, you know, yeah. The, um, I know De Montfort, I know that um, at Bradford, and also in America. And I think that's how you, you know, that's how you get data, isn't it? By yeah. by using relationships and yeah. using that. And so if it's going to move there, so you've got three people who are your supervisors mm -hmm. who are embedded in pharmacy and leaders in pharmacy, yeah. so they'll be able to enable. They'll enable your pharmacy sample and these four sites, won't they? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, sounds right. Interesting. And absolutely, the data will be facilitated. Uh, two last two questions. Oh. Uh, have you considered a few methods? If you read about few methods, do you maybe to get information from group of people? Maybe if you want to use pharmacy and others, have you considered use of few methods where you can maybe develop something around this group category of uh, stuff and then find eventually move on? And then as they are suggesting to whether focus or whatever. Yeah. Then finally.
thinking about um, yeah pharmacists and um, nurses, sorry, yeah. and whether um, if you did health focus groups or whatever, would you kind of individual it in terms of your data? Would you say this is the data for nurses, this is the data for pharmacists, or would you kind of interview them together and if you know if you mm -hmm. like if you did a focus group for example, yeah. and, you know would you at the end result would you be able to separate the you know make those distinctions if, if, in case though because there will be similarities I guess in yeah. terms of some of the things that you explore but yeah. um, I suppose informing further research would be able to say oh, these are the issues for pharmacists these are the issues for nurses mm -hmm. and um, and I just wonder whether you plan to do that all together or separate. Yeah, I, I think it's I was thinking best to keep them and probably just look into um, each, each field on its, on its own and then try and draw out similarities from, yeah. from them. Yeah. I love your yeah. infographic actually, the yeah. hexagons, that works really well, it's a mm -hmm. visual representation of, the, of how the theme, like you know, yeah, yeah, nice, <laughs> you know, because you yeah. might end up with two, might be one, yeah, for, one for nursing, one for yeah. pharmacy, and then one which is the, mm. this is the shared one, interestingly, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's interesting what you said about shared with our box. First started that it was a, it was a bunch of circles and it was ovals and uh -huh. it was the row of lines and then they yeah. kind of all came in on themselves and then they all landed on top of each other. Then they all went back out again. Wow. So it's quite if you set it up in PowerPoint, you can move the circles in uh, as long as you keep your versions. Because I think you know it's certainly what Steve was saying about it's the separate um, looking at branches separately because certainly what we're finding uh, in the north is that a lot of our mental health students, the motivation is pure themselves. Yeah. And we're getting a lot of students with severe mental health problems mm. that have been through services who are experienced, um, experts by experience, yeah. and have been through the system and then want to become, because they've either seen a brilliant nurse mm. or they've seen a nurse that, that they yeah. perhaps didn't like. Yeah. And you know, it would be really interesting to compare that to other fields and see if that's the issue in other fields. Definitely. Yeah. So thank you Beautiful. very much for all this advice. Thank you. <laughs>